Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, Nana to nine, and 27-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, 31 Days in God's Word, and that is a devotional written specifically for homeschool moms. I am so glad that you're here today. We are going to tackle that topic of where do babies come from. But first, I need to ask, are you looking for a new math curriculum? CTC Math specializes in providing online video tutorials that take a multi-sensory approach to learning. Creative graphics and animation synchronized with the friendly voice of internationally acclaimed teacher Pat Murray make learning math easy and effective. CTC is favorably reviewed on Kathy Duffy's 103 Top Picks and the Old Schoolhouse Crew Review. The lessons are short and concise to help your child break down concepts and appreciate math in a whole new way. Visit ctcmath.com today to start your free trial. That's ctcmath.com. All right, moms, where do babies come from? So this common question is uh, all too often leaves us perplexed, doesn't it? Uh, We don't know what to say. We don't know when to say it. And we don't know how much to say. Today, my guest is Justin Holcomb, and he's here to help us tackle this topic. I'm going to give a brief introduction because, you know, I always like to know who is it that I'm listening to? Uh, Justin Holcomb is a minister and professor of theology at Reformed Theological Seminary and Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. He has authored, co-authored, or edited more than 20 books on numerous topics, including abuse, biblical studies, and theology. Justin and his wife, Lindsay, co-authored the award-winning children's book, God Made All of Me, God Made Me in His Image, and God Made Babies. Um, Welcome, Justin. I'm so glad you're here with us today. Thank you so much for having me and uh, to talk about this topic. I'm thrilled to be having this conversation with you. Well, in the introduction, um, you write that contrary to popular thought, when kids ask about where babies come from, they aren't actually asking about sex. And if that's the case, what are they asking about? <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> moms, inquiring moms want to know here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, and it's natural to think because we fill in the question. They go, where do babies come from? We go, oh, this is the talk. Right. And and we start filling in the blanks of that question. If we stop for a second, most children are really asking where they came from mm. before they were born. Mm-hmm. They're They're asking a question about themselves, which is actually – healthy and normal part of a child's development. Mm -hmm. Many children around the ages of three or four will start to notice uh, pregnant women and Mm -hmm. they'll become curious. And it's natural for them to ask questions like, okay, what's happening there? And how did that happen? And what's going on? And so they're, uh, and children can understand that reproduction is a natural part of life. And that's Mm -hmm. what this, the, the book, God Made Babies, and the other, all the other books that you mentioned, those three books are all children's books. They're illustrated right. children's books. They're not. Mm-hmm. This isn't. This isn't an advice book to parents. This is actually a children's book to help with the conversation. And the books about reproduction, and we'll, we can get into that later. But the concept of uh, this is how living things make more living things. So just mm-hmm. the idea is really about them. They're wondering, mm-hmm. well, where did that baby come from? Might tell some of the story about where they came from, which. I mean, that's 
that's one of the best conversations to have as a parent, which is something along the lines of God really wanted you in his world. Like that's, that's a pretty uh, affirmative type of statement to give a child that Mm -hmm, you're here mm -hmm. on purpose because God wanted you in his world. So, right. So it's really a great opportunity. It, It can feel intimidating, but in reality, it's an opportunity to lay a foundation for just who they are, who made them, um, that they have purpose. And, um, that's what I'm hearing you say. Absolutely. That's okay. that's the point. It's their identity. And right. we get to tell them who who they are and what their creator thinks about them. Oh, I love that. And to be able to do that from such an early age, uh, what a what a great blessing to be able to, yeah. to get that, just start laying that foundation, getting that message across, and then affirming it over and over again in the coming years. But you also make the point— um, that there's a distinction. The book is about reproduction rather than sex. So why is that distinction important? Yeah, because sex is the specifics, and, and that's for a later conversation. Right. And and I, I said previously that when people hear the question, where do babies come from, they think, oh, no, the talk. And right. as my wife, Lindsay, frequently says, it's many and many Many mm. talks, small conversations, and many of them. Oh, it's I not, love that. It's not one big conversation where it's like, okay, it's time to say everything. It's figure out what the question is mm-hmm. and then answer the question. So um, <clears throat> so this is really about reproduction. Eventually, the conversation will turn to the specifics and mechanics of how reproduction sure. takes place. Sure. And that's that's, to me, that's the most important thing that we have because reproduction is more about God – wanting mm-hmm. his world filled with right. more things that he enjoyed creating. So we go through in the book, the entire creation story. And the, the big point is God likes to make things, which mm. is helpful because we know that kids will probably like the things that God's making, like planets and trees and sharks and whales and flamingos. And we kind of go through all the different dimensions of things that God made. So the big idea is God likes to make things. How much does he like making things? He likes making things so much that he made things that can make more things like them. Mm. And so it frames, so it it introduces the concept of reproduction, but it frames it as this wonderful thing that God did. So by the time they actually hear about the specifics of sex, they'll have a category of, wait a second, God likes making things. He made things that can make more things like birds make baby birds, flowers make small flowers, and, you know, you know, koala bears make koala bears and sharks make sharks. Okay, so and then there's a context for mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. the specifics. So that's why we make we, we we say the book is about reproduction. We actually use the word. We actually say mm-hmm. this. The word for this is reproduction, mm-hmm. and we don't talk about uh, sex. We we leave the conversation. What well, we'll get to that later. But we uh, we leave the conversation for parents to decide when they want to bring up the specifics. Right, right. And I love I, I love what Lindsay said about many and many uh, conversations because that really takes the pressure off because I think a lot of parents, when they get that question, there's immediately this like, you know, just this big, huge burden that comes on them that, oh, I've got to do this right and I've got to do it right the first time and I have to be thorough. And, you know, all of a sudden it's just, you know, they feel all this pressure, but to understand that it, they're going to be... Uh, they're going to be numerous small conversations about it. And I think that is such a great distinction to make. It demystifies. I mean, it, mm-hmm. imagine a three-year-old asking where babies come from and you're thinking, wait, am I, 
how am I supposed to answer this question and all the specificity? So yeah, having many and many helps it out. And and we'll get to some specifics as we go in the conversation. But yeah, that, that to me, if that's what people hear and that's what they remember, that's, that's worth the entire conversation is many and many. Yes. Yes, exactly. Okay. So what makes God made babies unique and how it approaches the answer to the baby question? Well, the first thing is all three of our books, we use the same illustrator. So we wanted to have someone, and the illustrator is Trish Mahoney, and she started illustrating our books when she had kids. Our daughters are now 12 and 14, mm-hmm. and she has two children, also a boy and a daughter, uh, son and daughter. And so she was illustrating, and she's really artistic. She's she's a graphic designer, so it's just her style and it's fresh. Mm-hmm. So that's huge because half of a children's book, if not more, are the images. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so the, uh, the, the, the content of the book highlights God's joy in creating. And that's what sets the tone for me. All of our three books are about, um, how does God frame this conversation? So how does God frame the baby's conversation? Well, it's the doctrine of creation. Mm -hmm. And there are some Bible verses that talk about God's desire for people to be in his world and all of that. And then the other piece about this is, so it frames it by God's involvement, God's vision, the be fruitful and multiply was God's idea. But we also answer other questions because in addition to the baby question, there are numerous questions that children have, which is really useful for when you get asked the question because you want as the parent and caregiver to be the trusted resource. And so if you can give them other information and you're prepared for that. It's like, how long do babies stay inside the mom? Well, we know that one. That one's easy. Well, what what do babies do inside the mom? Well, we actually have a page on that about what babies do and how do they get outside of the mom? Mm-hmm. And can I have a baby grow inside of me or can I make a baby? Those are the top four questions after where do babies come from? So we want to help answer the full conversation and provide that for the full conversation. The other piece is we do have a letter to parents in the front, just kind of um, as a, how we envision the resource being useful, why it's important, you know, letting them know, Hey, around three or four kids are going to ask. And then in the back, we have some practical, um, just practical points on, uh, having the conversation. So it's, it's a really a parenting caregiving resource, not just entertainment. So we, not a lot of kids books have letters to parents and practical right, advice right. with a bunch of Bible verses with great illustrations and good mm-hmm. theology all built together. So that's what yes. we were shooting for. Well, you did a great job. I looked through the book Thank myself you. on way past that phase with our kids, but, um, but man, I wish I would have had it when our, when our kids were younger. Um, there wasn't a whole lot available then. Um, but I think uh, what I love in terms of um, the unique way that you approach it in, in what you've mentioned as you were describing that um, is, is that you're really giving parents the ability to give their children a biblical worldview yes. on this particular topic, which is, it's amazing to me that we can start at that young of an age, but we can. And it's it's so great to have a resource that can help us do that. And, you know, I just, uh, the scriptures included, you know, that that is just so important. Um but God made babies eases into talking about human babies. So what progression does the book take to get to human reproduction? <laughs> uh, like I said, we start with the Genesis 1 and 2, God mm-hmm. creating. So it starts with God. And then after we do a few pages on creation, we go first to flowers. There's a reason why this has been called the birds and the bees talk. Right, right. Because 
flowers actually, <clears throat> and I thought, I mean, I, this is always great when you do kids books, you have to, as, as anyone listening knows, as soon as you're teaching your child, you know, half of that fun is us learning the stuff all over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right. Right. Like I'm doing math right now and I'm thinking, this is great. I'm, I'm reliving, uh, algebra two, but <laughs> flowers have male and female parts that are actually, mm-hmm. it's appropriate to call them male and female parts. It introduces the idea of seeds. And so you have some concepts about reproduction that are really helpful and it's, no, it's a flower and it's a tree. Right. So start with trees. Then we move to animals that lay eggs, which is another helpful concept. So having seeds and eggs already mm-hmm. in place. And so, you know, certain snakes and tree, er, trees and birds. Um, and then we move to animals that carry the, the babies inside the mom, mm-hmm. which is, you know, we're moving toward the, the human experience. So, you know, bears and camels and that, I don't remember what's on the the image. And then we get to human babies. We get to that stage where you already have the concept. And and what we do is, this is where I mentioned this earlier, we end everything. We end the whole um, kind of scientific piece with God takes a small part from the dad and a small part from the mom and makes a baby. Mm. Um, The most detail I think is in the book is a sperm from the dad and an egg from the mom joins together in the mom's body. And and you could even skip that if you don't want to, but we literally talk about it like seed and egg. So the concepts mm-hmm. are there and right. that that's where we progress to. And then right after that, we get into the other questions and we, we actually show a baby developing. Like that's the fun part is, mm-hmm. you know, at, at four weeks, there's this much done and the heart and the lungs and the brain. And then we kind of just go through and show, you know, their size of a blueberry, the size of a strawberry, the size of a watermelon. Yeah, I don't know if watermelon's in there, but uh, so we... But that's, that's how we ease into it. God, flowers, eggs, mammals inside mom, humans that carry babies. Right, right. And I think too, you know, a, a lot of families who are at this stage with their kids um, often are expecting more children. And so that's a really great way to, to personalize it and tie it all in with, you know, yeah. the the, hap- the pregnancy that's happening in their own home and how the baby's developing. And so, um, gosh, you're getting, you're getting science, you're getting a, a Christian or biblical worldview, um, just fantastic. And I did, like I said, I, I looked through the book myself and I, I love the illustrations. They're just so, um, they're just real friendly and warm and just, uh, inviting. And so I think, uh, I think families, uh, will love these, um, the scripture is incorporated throughout the book, which I absolutely love, um, even in the middle of describing the development in the womb. So how can parents take advantage of the opportunity to go deeper into God's word with their children? Yeah. Uh, you're, you're picking up on all of the things that we were really intentional about. And that's just encouraging. Mm-hmm. Like, like the going back to the pictures and warmth, that was on purpose of mm-hmm. trying to figure out what colors, what shades right. aren't, aren't going to be stark and aggressive, but inviting and warm. And the mm-hmm. same thing about scripture. We wanted to make, I mean, it's a Christian book in a biblical worldview. I mean, I, I teach apologetics and theology. Like this is my world. I'm a pastor. Right. This is what I'm all about. So um, the fact that it came through makes me feel like we accomplished our goal. So thank mm. you for saying that. But we wanted to give a few clear Bible verses that are really important throughout the whole biblical narrative that they'll hear again. And how wonderful to say, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Genesis 1 28. Like that's, that's the first thing we start with. And 
what a joy to say, hey, this was God's idea. So Genesis 1.28, be fruitful and multiply, fill the waters and the seas, let the birds multiply on the earth. Like that's God's idea. And then we go through on this day God did this. So the, the whole Genesis 1 and 2 is there. But then while we're looking at a baby in the womb, we finally get to the baby in the womb. We wanted them to read Psalm 139, 16, 13 through 16, which is, I won't read the whole thing, mm -hmm. but this is the famous passage for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And I know I'm fearfully and wonderfully, my frame was not hidden from you when I was in the most secret place. So just having the idea that a child can read that prayer mm -hmm. and hear that prayer mm -hmm. and know that that's God's view of them. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, there's so many messages that kids are hearing mm. that are the opposite of that. Right. And to, to know that God made them on purpose, there's going to be, there's going to be classmates who make them feel stupid and ugly and unwanted and re like just this, I mean, my girls are 12 and 14. We've been through this and we're not done with it yet. So mm -hmm. I know how many children um, come home from Sunday school, from being outside playing, if they, if they're, you know, outside of the home for school, even with their own siblings, things mm -hmm. happen where the mm -hmm. message to children is that they frequently hear is the opposite of that. And for them to have, you know, your, your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before mm -hmm. one of them came to be mm -hmm. like that, that will sustain so many adults need to hear that. That's why I'm Absolutely. crying. Absolutely. I mean, the idea that, that it wasn't that I'm not a mistake, that God wanted me and he has a calling for me and a purpose for me. That's the language of calling and vocation that's mm -hmm. in Corinthians and the apostle Paul. Like that'll, 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 that'll preach. <laughs> so. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just knowing you were very intentionally created by a perfect God and that whole idea of being in this secret place. I just, I love that, that in that secret place, just, you know, God was there and he was knitting us together. He was knitting our children together and he was doing so with intention and yeah. with plans and purposes. And yeah, and we live in a culture that's so, uh, like you mentioned, just demeaning and degrading on every level. And so to be able to instill this kind of thinking in our children, um, just what what a privilege and what a great way to be able to do that. Yeah, and that, that passage really is helpful. I mean, there's different stories on how children are in families. Mm -hmm. And so- I love that. Different, different, there's adoption, there's, there's mm -hmm. different ways that this comes mm -hmm. about. So being able to say to every child, regardless of your story, and <clears throat> parents need to figure out how to inform children of that, the parts of their story, this passage, applies to you regardless of mm -hmm. how your story might make you feel. If, yes. if you're adopted that the, the, the um, we were a foster family for a little bit and, and, uh, and just knowing that certain narratives and stories can make a child feel a certain way. Well, Psalm 139 is, uh, is a good response to some of those dimensions. Absolutely. And I tell parents uh, all the time, you know, when I'm talking to moms, I'm just, you know, I just reinforce the fact that, you know, God has weaved their families together, no matter how he did that, whether it was biologically, whether it's foster, wherever they are right now, God has ordained mm. that yeah. and and that they can move forward um, in confidence that this was intentional, not a mistake. Because sometimes when, I know when things are rough, sometimes we feel like, oh my goodness, you know, 
maybe I did this to myself, had my kids too close together or, you know, decided to adopt or whatever. And there can just be this guilt that comes into play. And so just being able to go back to God's intention, no matter how it came about, his intention is still there and his plans and purposes Mm -hmm. are there. And Mm -hmm. um, we can cling to that. Um, You mentioned earlier, uh, talking about how we want our kids to come to us with these questions. And yeah. so what are some things that a parent can do to create a safe atmosphere for their children um, to always come to them with questions? Yeah, the first thing is inviting it, mm-hmm. saying it. I mean, trod that pathway. Don't wait for them to come to you. Pursue them. Right. Don't be, I mean, of course, be responsive and there's time to be passive and uh, but also be attentive and active. And and so that that's the first thing. And so one of the most important things someone, a parent can do is to make the conversations natural mm-hmm. and normal. Mm-hmm. When, when they ask a question and all, all along the way, like, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and because when we get asked the baby question, <clears throat> many parents feel guilt or shame or sometimes both. Mm-hmm. Uh, they feel guilty because of what they have done with mm-hmm. regard to this area, or they feel shame because of what's been done to them with regard mm-hmm. to sex and bodies. Right. So I think it's really important for your listeners to hear this now and say, okay, I'm going to be asked, what guilt and shame do I need to deal with, with my Lord and uh, my spouse, my friends, my pastor, a counselor? Like what what needs to be done. So when I'm talking to my child, I'm not offloading to them some of that guilt and shame because it's a natural, normal question. And it's actually, you want them to ask these questions. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing is, is to find, make it natural and normal. The best way to do that is to, you know, do have these conversations while eating dinner or taking a walk, visiting a zoo or driving somewhere where you don't have to, you know, I honestly get asked most of these types of questions by mm-hmm. my daughters when I'm driving, when they're behind me, because right. they don't want to look me in the eye and ask, and it's more, <laughs> it's safer for them. Sure, sure. And another thing is keep the answers simple and short. Uh, sometimes a few sentences are all that's needed. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the, the simplest explanation is sufficient. And then you can always follow up and say, yes. Um, what do you think about that? Do you have any further questions? And I learned this from my, my wife. Mm-hmm. Now, we got asked the baby question. I thought I looked at her and she was like, kind of gave me like the gesture of like, hold on a second. Um, like, don't, don't worry. She answered the question and she said, does that answer your question? And it was at a lower level of specificity. Right. And they said, no, that's great. Thanks. That bought us a year and a half right there. <laughs> and so that's, uh, so natural and normal and, uh, Simple and short. So two N's and two S's. Natural, normal, simple, short is the kind of, uh, and then ask them follow-up questions. Ask, where did you hear that? Like, Mm -hmm. what what, what made you ask that question? I'm really, because then suddenly you're curious. Uh, Did someone say something? Did you see something? And then when they see you curious, it actually affirms them and their curiosity. Right. Right. Oh, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. It's very relatable. Um, If you're as curious as they are, um, I think you're right. It just kind of of evens the playing field a little bit. But I love that idea of invitation. And this is something I did with my kids a lot. A lot of what you're saying, I, I, I did this with my kids. And I would often follow up with, did you have any more questions? And most of the time they said no. 
Nope, that was good. That's all I needed to know. Okay, and you're right. It, it can buy you another year, six months, you know, two years, just depending on the kid. Um, but I love the simple, the simplicity, you know. And I think <laughs> I learned this with our boys that that fewer words uh, is typically better just across the board, and it's certainly in this <laughs> conversation. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, so can you tell us more about the back section of God Made Babies? You mentioned that part that's written to parents. Um, could you describe that just a little bit more? Yeah, the back section, we, we call it things to consider. Mm-hmm. And the main thing are just, we, this one has 10 points. We, we have a few things in there about, um, we explain different stages. And so early on, you know, saying something like a baby grows in a, in a mother's, belly and comes out when the baby's ready. That that will suffice for a while. And then you might end up moving to the, a mom and dad can make a baby and God takes a part from the mom and a part from the dad and grows a baby. Mm-hmm. And then it comes out. And then the third kind of step of specificity actually explains sex and how mm-hmm. that relates to reproduction. So mm-hmm. that's the first just saying, hey, this is up to you. We're, we're not right. having the conversation for you. You know your child. You also know your family. And then we give some um, 10 points of advice. I won't go through all of them, but things like ask ask what they think. We talked about that. Well, what do mm-hmm. you think about this? Or do you right. ask follow-up? You know, keeping it simple and short is one of those. Um, you know, natural and normal was one of those, but here's one. Don't ignore the question. Um, when you get asked the question, you want them to trust you. And if you make it weird, they might not want to come to you with more. And if you ignore the question, they might not come to you with more. So you want, you don't want to ignore it. You can say, that's a really good question. I promise that at dinner or give me some time. So let me, let me think the best way to explain mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. and come back to it. You can buy yourself time if you need to. Right. Another one is when, when, when asked and give proper names for body parts. Mm-hmm. Um, that's important for numerous reasons. And then use correct language about the body that the baby's not in the stomach. It's um, it's, it's, you know, it's, womb or uterus. It's actually Mm -hmm. helpful just to give them um, proper body part names, not just private parts, but other parts. And then another one would be something like, you know, making sure they understand what you're saying. You know, does this answer your question? Is there anything else you want to know? And inviting that. And as you just said, many times they'll say, nope, that's good. And Mm -hmm. they're ready to move Mm -hmm. on. But that's why we wanted to put that there is really, because we're the book's going to start a conversation, so we felt right. responsible to help out a little bit. <laughs> well, we appreciate that because, you know, I think sometimes just having a bit of a script and just because we can work off of that, we can reword it the way, you know, maybe we would say it more naturally, but it gives us a starting point. And uh, I think that's really awesome. And I love what you're sharing about you know, not making things weird, uh, you know, when it comes to these kinds of things. You mentioned a couple of, uh, of things uh, to not make it weird. Is, is, do you have any other suggestions? Well, the the one is really private parts. Um, mm-hmm. This is one that we have practically told parents, um, practical advice, go out to your car, roll up the window, and just say the proper name of private parts to the point where you don't start giggling <laughs> or getting embarrassed. Like, just say it. And say it, say it to each other if you're married right. and your spouse is there. Um, say it to a friend. Just say it. So that way, when you finally say it, you don't you don't start stammering and stumbling. And like, right. uh, 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 it, so that, but the not making it weird 
is the big concept, which is right. deal deal with your guilt and shame. Right. Um, keep it simple and short, mm-hmm. natural, mm-hmm. normal, proper names for body parts. Don't over like the other thing is that parents just they just over answer you, you. Most questions will be like, "Hey, Dad, why did why did the space shuttle?" take off at that time of day or why to get postponed? Oh, because of this and this and this. Like sometimes it's a two two sentence answer. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly they go, what about babies? You're like, well, hold on. Let me get the whiteboard out. Right. And let me, it becomes like this lecture. Like be aware of your, make it conversational as much as possible. <laughs> so right. that's the key to keeping it from being weird is literally don't make it weird. Like right. <laughs> be it, aware of it. Yes. And, and what you're saying is you deal with your own, you know, whatever issues that you might have with it. I think that is so important. And that's the beauty of being parents is that God uses these things to sanctify us and to help us, you know, where otherwise we might not have ever actually come face to face with it and go, you know, I really need to deal with that with the Lord. Um, And so having kids gives us that opportunity. But I, I think the natural, keeping it natural and knowing that these are normal questions, like it's normal curiosity. This isn't, this isn't awkward. This isn't strange. This is totally normal. I think that's something that, um, that we sometimes forget because we get so nervous. We forget, wait a minute, this is just a natural uh, thing that kids do. It's a curiosity and it's a healthy one. So, um, yeah. So, well, I appreciate that. These are just wonderful, wonderful um, suggestions. And, you know, God made babies as part of uh, the God made me serious series. So can you tell us just a little more about the series and other books that are available? Yeah. In the series, uh, our first book was called God made all of me. It was mm-hmm. about um, helping children protect their bodies from abuse and and that got a whole series started with the publisher and then we followed up and Lindsay and I decided uh, we decided we wanted to make books that we needed as parents mm-hmm. that were both good content great illustrations and good theology all mixed together and that's why and we wanted to cover issues that can be awkward or painful and so the first one literally was Child sexual abuse prevention. God made mm-hmm. all of me. Mm-hmm. And then we did God made me in his image because another major issue is body image. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. this was our third book, which is God made babies, helping right. parents answer the baby question. So that's those. And there's other books not by us in that series that address ability and death and sickness. And there's a whole whole bunch of other books in the series that that people can uh, avail themselves to. It's a great series. So it's the God Made Me series. Um, I will leave a link uh, to somewhere to find all of those for you moms in the show notes. But in the next episode, uh, we are going to be talking about God Made All of Me and that particular book and the whole idea of helping to protect our kids from sexual abuse. So I hope that you all will join us for the next episode. Uh, Justin, thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. All right. I'm going to close in prayer. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness to us. We thank you for the word of God that you give us uh, such a solid place to plant our feet, not just for us personally, Lord, but also in our parenting, Lord. You give us wisdom uh, when we ask for it, like it says in James, and you give it generously. And we thank you for providing tools uh, like this book to help us explain things to our kids in a beautiful way uh, while really covering a, a, a multiple 
uh, topics all at once, being able to affirm our kids in, in the fact that you created them with intention, Lord. Um, we get the opportunity to deal with our issues if we have issues with um past, uh, past things, Lord, past sins or whatever. We just thank you so much for, uh, just your goodness to us and your faithfulness. And so I just pray that as, uh, moms listen, they will take these things and, um, walk them out with their families. And, uh, we just thank you again for the way that you love us in Jesus name. Amen. <laughs> 